You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the final co-op podcast of 2018. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary Ace Wavy. How's it going, Gary? I'm doing very good, thanks. Um, you know, it's almost Christmas, so I've been getting in the mood. Uh, almost my birthday as well, because it's the same day, but yeah, um, I'm just getting in the spirit, I guess. So I would like to wish you early, uh, happy 21st birthday, Gary. So oh. now you can do everything. 21st, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. 21st. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing good, guys. Glad to be back. It's been a pretty crazy ride over the last couple of weeks and stuff, and we're ending off the year hopefully with a bang. So it should be pretty good. Absolutely. I agree. And we are joined by Mr. Tony Polanco. How's it going, Mr. Polanco? It's going good. You know how it is, man. Always happy to be on with you guys. And we're going to be doing uh, the best and worst of 2018. So this should be a really fun podcast, you know? Absolutely. Yes. Definitely going to be some interesting discussions because I have no idea what you guys' picks are for best and worst. So uh, we're going to get into that. Before we do that, uh, very quickly, I guess we're going to mention what we have been playing. So, uh, Tony, would you like to go first? Yeah. Um, and Richard, I know you played this too. I was playing the Spider-Man DLC, um, Silver Lining. Really good oh, yes. DLC. And it's kind of like the the end of the DLC trilogy. I think it's called The the City That Never Sleeps. I kind of like the fact that all three of the, the story DLCs kind of connect with each other. And I like the way they're released, you know, once a month, like a comic book, which is pretty cool. And I also kind of appreciate how it sets up spider-man 2 or whatever the sequel is going to be called you know uh it, i really liked it it's, it was a lot of fun um i will say that the screwball challenges are still the bane of my existence so those things are a pain <laughs> in the ass, man but yeah i, I agree I, yeah. I played that um and then about last week i finished just cost four that was a really good game too um i kind of liked it a little more than just cost three even though structurally they're very much the same like i know this game has some new tools but to be honest i never even used them and i complete the entire game you know uh but if you like you know like a, i call it a true sandbox game where you're just given tools to just do whatever you want this is definitely a, a game to check out but yeah that, that's what i've been playing lately that sounds good yes i do have something to say about that spider-man dlc but i'll get into that when, when i talk about what i've been playing um how about you, Mr. Lugo? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot. There, there's been a bunch of different games all over the place that I've been messing around with and, and diving into here and there. Uh, obviously, one of my more recent reviews, I did The Last Revenant Remastered. Uh, that's up now on the website. Uh, I got I had a couple of good things to say about that game, but I just don't think that game has translated well as far as gameplay-wise. Granted, you know it's an older game. It's from PlayStation 3 era uh, stuff, but it still looks pretty good overall. Besides that, uh, I've obviously been playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on Nintendo Switch. I think pretty much everybody at some point has been playing that game. Uh, had a lot to say about that as well. That review is on the website now. Uh, and again, I've just been playing it, streaming it when I can, playing with friends you know, locally. been really enjoying that. I'm probably going to be playing that some more 
over the Christmas holiday because I know I got some family coming over and they love Nintendo and they love Super Smash Brothers. So that should be a lot of fun. And then finally, probably what's what's probably going to be my last review of the year uh, is going to be for a game called Gris that I'm actually playing now. I've been hearing a lot about Gris and I've been messing around with it, you know, little pieces here and there when I can. And uh, it's a pretty good artsy, very, very... Uh, visually pleasing game like a lot of people are really kind of comparing it to something like journey or something kind of like you know uh was it I, I think it was abzu you know it was really chill very visually like you know beautiful game so can't wait to kind of dive more into that and talk about it with more uh with everybody else that sounds good I, i've heard a lot of great things about that game so definitely have to check it out and uh check out your review sure <laughs> all right so uh how about you gary how about you let us know what you've been playing besides Overwatch? Because I already know you're going to say that you've been playing Overwatch. Oh, besides Overwatch? Okay, um, let me think. Uh, <laughs> nah, um, yeah, I've been playing Spider-Man. Because, um, you know, I, I got that later than everyone else. And, you know, I've finally been diving into it now. Um, I can see how the uh, like the exploration gets very addictive. Because, you know, when you're swinging around the buildings and everything... You're picking up a lot of uh, missions. Uh, they follow that kind of Ubisoft um, uh, structure where you know you go to the towers and then you scan the area and then you know you find out you find more missions and collectibles and things like that. So um, sometimes I just you know my whole gaming session just revolves around swinging around the city and uh, you know stopping crimes and getting collect collectibles and stuff. Um, I think there's something very therapeutic in just doing that um you know and sometimes i don't have the concentration to do more than that because i'm tired or i'm doing other things as well so um doing that is quite you know fun in itself just swinging around and i love new york city as well so you know seeing the landmarks and everything is cool um i went up to the empire state building and everything the chrysler building um and i was quite surprised to see the avengers tower and I want to see if that actually comes into play, like in the story or anything. Um, I'm still very early in. Um, the last mission I did was the one where you uh, kind of take control of uh, Mary Jane. Um, so, you know, that was cool having that different perspective on things. Uh, but yeah, I'm not that far into it, but I am enjoying it more than I was last week when I spoke about it. So that's good. Um, and besides that, yeah, Overwatch. So that's pretty much all I've been playing this week. That sounds good. Yeah. Glad to hear that you're starting to enjoy Spider-Man a little bit more. Uh, so, awesome. Uh, and as for me, um, yeah, the yeah, as was mentioned earlier by Tony, the only thing that I have been playing, yeah, I did finish the Spider-Man DLC. Um, I agree that, I mean, I like how they ended the chapter because I know that that second chapter, it, it felt a little bit shorter to me. But still, uh, the conclusion was fantastic. Uh, you, they answered a couple of questions, and then they also left some things, uh, you know, left to explore in the next title. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying there definitely will be another Spider-Man Spider PS4 game. There's no doubt about that. Um, although I will say, and we will get into this later, I do believe that the way that they showed the final uh, after credits trailer that is something that might annoy uh, Gary, uh, and I'll and I'll come back to that later, so that you know you understand the context because it's setting up something. And I know Gary is not a fan of uh, 
stuff that is set up but not fully explored. So I'll address that later. But uh, still, great game, fantastic game. And as for the controversy regarding the suits, I didn't understand any of that because I thought the game is fantastic. Uh, but it is what it is. <laughs> All right, so that concludes what we have been playing for this week. We're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into uh, our best and worst games of 2018. So first and foremost, I'm going to go to everybody on the panel and ask them to list uh, the top three games they love the most this year. Um, so I know we all had a chance to play a lot of games, I believe, uh, however, that uh, Mr. Lugo maybe played way more stuff than us, if I had to make a guess. And Tony's probably second on the list, so... Mr. Lugo, how about you start us off and let us know what your top three best games in 2018 are? Uh, I'd be, I would probably have to say my number one has to be God of War. I think a, a lot of people will probably say the same thing. You know, it won Game of the Year uh, at the Game Awards recently for, you know, for many different reasons. It was, a, again, fantastic, fantastic game that a lot of people really enjoyed, myself included. Not even just as a reboot of God of War, but just as a solid game in general. Like, it was just that good. And you know, I felt like it was really interesting. You know, it was it was something that we knew and something that we were very familiar with, you know, being uh, Kratos from God of War, you know, that original series. And just presenting it to us in a different light and making it even better without compromising what came beforehand. And I really appreciated that. And I thought that was good. Uh, another one I want to give a shout out to, uh, Nino Kuni 2. Nino Kuni 2 I thought was a dope game. Uh, I still enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of people had their criticisms, myself included, but I still thought it was a very, very cool game overall. And I thought it was a lot of fun to play through, even though, granted, it's, it's long, has a lot of different stuff happening with it. It's still a good JRPG. Again, if you want a fun, interesting, kind of like a different take on a JRPG that doesn't involve, like, you know, high school kids and a whole bunch of other stuff or any of the other RPGs that might have come out throughout the year, uh, it was definitely something that was still fun and still very, uh, you know, cool to get into and stuff. And then finally, I guess I could say like probably my other one that I guess I want to mention is obviously Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I still think that's a, you know, a fantastic release, a fantastic uh, game to have on the Nintendo Switch. It's very meaty. Uh, it's going to offer a lot. It offers a lot of time, you know, playing, you know, offline, online, as well as also, again, with friends or not or solo. There's again, the, everybody loves Smash and there's a reason for that because it's just fun to dive into. It's quick to get into and it's just very interesting to play. There's a lot of other games I know for a fact that I love throughout this year that I'm like completely forgetting. Keep in mind, there was a lot that came out this year, but if I had to choose three, those are probably the three that I'd say like really, really stood out to me this year. I say those are awesome picks all around. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, how about you, Mr. Tony Polanco? What were your top three of 2018? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because like God of War and Spider-Man are actually not in my top three, uh, as it is for a lot of people. And wow. um, number three and number two, respectively, are two games I didn't really have on my radar, but they just blew me away and ended up being there. So number three is Dragon Quest Eleven? I never played a Dragon Quest game before. I've heard about it and all that, but either I never had the systems or, or whatever, or the games never got ported over. So I never really, you know, played these games before. But I checked this one out, and it, it was like the, the video game. The best way I could describe it is like um, 
like a video game comfort food like it, it feels really good just playing it because you know and it's funny because like the story is something you've seen before the characters are pretty much kind of generic but the, the way it's done it's just like I, I guess you could say it's like rpg perfection you know and it's such a good you know it makes you feel good because there's so many games out there that are just so like down and dour or whatever like this one just kind of warms your heart you know it, i know that sounds corny to say but that's the way i felt about it and this year there were two uh, other rjrpgs that i was really looking forward to um nino kuni 2 and octopath and both of them in their own ways you know left me disappointed but dragon quest again a game i had absolutely nothing to look for like you know no no i wasn't really looking forward to just like blew me away with it with the combat and all this the way it was put together and even now actually you know you we were talking about the games we were playing um you know before i actually did jump into it a little bit because i wanted to see if i could try to get the last couple of trophies for that um but yeah it, it's a really good game and i'm glad that it's selling well because i believe that means we'll probably get dragon quest 12 i don't know when that'll be about obviously because these games take forever but yeah that game was really good um number two game uh and this another surprise for me was monster hunter world i this is a series i never liked i i openly been uh, hostile to monster hunter games because of how like you know not only were they like just bad looking because they were you know on, on like handheld consoles or whatever i'm still using the same ps2 um you know models or whatever but like just the combat and all that felt clunky you know the, the going through different um levels just didn't feel right but this one like it has everything not only are the controls really tight but like you the world feels so alive like you go from zone to zone everything's interconnected uh, the monsters behave more like animals you know it, it's really cool like I, I love when you're hunting one monster and then another one just jumps into the fray it's like what the fuck and then for me because i'm not really like a multiplayer type of guy right i played most of this game um either with my friends or with random people you know it, it, it's just so much fun to get in there just hunt monsters with, with your friends and stuff and you know i also love how capcom is always you know updating with new features like this is the reason i keep coming back to this game there, there's always something new to play even like you know if a couple months pass you know you know you're going to get something good eventually like even right now they have the the, the winter um dlc going on so i'm checking that out it, it's just a lot of fun i'm looking forward to uh seeing what they do eventually i know they got a like a huge expansion next year that should be nuts man but yeah um that's my number two and then number one dishes come as no surprise uh red dead redemption 2 like you know, I, I got a little bit of heat yeah. for this, but I do feel, you know, for yeah. me personally, yeah. it's my game of the generation. Like, you know, th this generation to me has been okay. Like, you know, last year it definitely got better, but I, I kind of have mostly written off this generation. I don't feel it's been as good as other ones, but this game kind of reminded me of why I fell in love with video games in the first place. And also reminds me of why, you know, Rockstar does open world games better than everybody. Like, it, the world feels alive. Like, it feels like right now I'm not playing it, but I, it still feels like that world is going on in its own independent of my actions, you know? Uh, the story is great. Uh, the characters are really well written. I, I was surprised because one of my worries was I didn't, I didn't know if Arthur Morgan would, like, resonate with me at the way John Marston did from the first game. I find him a better character, which is crazy because I love John Marston. But Arthur Morgan, no, I'm not going to, you know, get into what happens with him. But there's a lot of stuff in there that really, like, speaks to me as a person, you know. So, so fucking good, man. Then, you know, the combat. I know some people say, oh, the combat's clunky or whatever. I, I don't really feel that way. It's, Rockstar has a very particular way of doing uh, controls and stuff. And if you're used to those, like, if you're used to GTA 5, you're going to be fine with this, you know. But... Yeah, for me, it's all about the, the world and the characters 
and just how alive everything is, man. That game just it, like stuns the hell out of me. I know people talk about all these other games, but to me, that's the number one game of 2018 and the entire generation. So yeah, that that's my three games of uh, 2018. Once again, some great picks there. Yes. Okay, Gary, I'm going to go to you next. And I would like to remind you that you cannot nominate uh, Overwatch in this category. So what were your top three games of this year? Oh, I can't say Overwatch? Damn. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, I'm going to go from, you know, m- mine are in order. So I'm going to go from number three to number one. So um, uh, I would say God of War is number three for me. Um now I did have my gripes with it, of course, um, and that's why it's number three. But I had to put it on the list because it is phenomenal, in you know, from a technical standpoint. You know, the the graphics are amazing for a console game, um, and you know, from a from a technical aspect, like is mechanically amazing. Um, I love you know what they did with it visually. Um, and you know how they went from the previous God of War series on PlayStation 3 to um, you know the one we have now on PS4 and, and how they uh, just overhauled the entire combat system and made it work and made it feel you know very fluid and uh, you know a, a lot more skill based a lot more you know um, timing based and things like that like they did a lot of great work on it um to revamp it and you know repackage it into something new for this generation um and you know that that's definitely recognized by me even though i have my gripes with the story itself um you know because in my opinion i feel like for a god of war game that it didn't give us enough of what we need in terms of fighting gods you know um and it felt like it was there was too much setup for the next game and you know that's really what i didn't like about it and i was quite disappointed about that but um but you know it's it's still a great game so i have to give them that they're just due um and that is my number three on the list uh my number two is dragon quest 11 um and you know like tony i hadn't ever played like a another uh dragon quest before i can't remember if tony said uh he's never played one but I, I wasn't, you know, this game wasn't on my radar, just like Tony, and, um, you know, I I looked out for it just because it is Square Enix, and I have a lot of respect for the company, and I like to see them succeed, and, you know, there's not going to be another Final Fantasy for a while, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to play Dragon Quest because I want to, you know, get back into some JRPGs, and everyone who got the game early kept telling me that, you know, how great the game was. And so I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to get this. And, you know, um, I was not disappointed when I got it. Um, it's it's definitely a different tone than what I'm used to in JRPGs. Like, it's more of a cheerful, um, you know, kind of uh, positive, happy, fun kind of game um, story-wise. But that doesn't take anything away from it. Like, uh, visually, it's beautiful. I love the art style. Um, you know, uh, you, you could look at it as somewhat bare bones in some aspects, but like many JRPGs, it does get more complicated as you spend more hours in the game. Like, you know, there's new uh, mechanics that are introduced as you go along, as you put more hours into it. And that's always rewarding when you're, you know, playing a game for hours and it's still throwing new uh, concepts and ideas at you. Um, but, you know, in the beginning, it's very bare bones. Um, 
and I wasn't quite sure about it at that stage, but once I got more into it, it just completely sucked me in. So, um, definitely a great RPG, and I feel like it's it's one of the most underrated games of this year as well. So, um, definitely my number two. Uh, my number one, and this is actually another game that wasn't highly on my radar. Like I, you know, I knew I was going to get it eventually, but um, Red Dead Redemption Two. Now, the reason it wasn't high on my radar is because I played the first game, I appreciated what it was doing, but I got very bored of it after a while, you know. Um, but this one, it, you know, it it completely immersed me throughout the entire experience. I really got into the feeling of being a cowboy um, and it, you know, it put me into that setting and that climate nicely, I think. Um, I love Rockstar's... Uh, visual style like how they present things it it feels very movie like you know they they're going for that more uh cinematic experience um sometimes the gameplay mechanics suffer because of that but you know because I, I heard a lot of people talking about how the shooting mechanics aren't polished um and you know sometimes that's a bit of an issue but it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the game at all and I feel like they did a great job with the story and the characters and the setting and everything. Um, and uh, like Tony was alluding to, there's something that happens with Arthur that, you know, I really appreciated. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of like explain that without spoiling it. But um, just the way the character is represented at a certain point, you know, I just I really uh, was intrigued by it, you know, and, um, it's something we don't see a lot in games, you know, um, so, yeah, uh, we, we definitely need to have that spoiler, uh, discussion about the game so that we can dive more deeper into that, but, um, but yeah, that game surprised me, and it's, it's definitely amazing, and hands down, it's the best game I played this year, so, Red Dead Redemption 2 is my number one. Uh, my runners-up are Monster Hunter World and Spider-Man. But yeah, that's it for me. Sounds good. And I'm very proud of you, Gary. And Overwatch was not on that list, so I have to give you a round of applause. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it, was, it was hard not to go into a tangent and talk about Overwatch, but, you know, I had to, I had to make sure I, I stayed on course. Oh, yeah. Totally understand that. So uh, my list is going to be a little different. Um, you mentioned honorable mentions. That I would just say there's a lot of great games I played this year, but in terms of the ones that I've enjoyed the most, this is definitely going to be a little different uh, from, from you guys' list. So number three on my list um, is this game called uh, Detroit Become Human. Yes, now I do understand that this was one of those games that was a little controversial because of certain stuff that was supposedly happening with the devs and at the studio. But aside from all of that, and you know, whether or not all of that actually happened, the game itself I thought was, was pretty good. Um, while I did enjoy Spider-Man, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed this a little bit more because I appreciated the messages that they were trying to tell. And then of course, all of the multiple decisions and certain choices that could happen as you're playing the game. I appreciated that attention to detail in, in regards to the storytelling. 
because uh, it made you feel like if you did something different, you was truly going to have a different outcome. So it definitely looked fantastic also, I would say. Um, but yeah, I have to say it's still number three on my list. I, I wouldn't put it number one because there's a couple other things that I think are a little bit higher than that. So number three, I give to Detroit Become Human. Uh, number two, I give to Forza Horizon 4. Now, if you know me, uh, Forza Horizon is a series that um, I'm heavily into. I will give a shout out to Mr. Eddie V because he is the one that got me into the series. So when I actually saw the game at, at E3, I was impressed. I, I, the only complaint that I had about Forza Horizon 3 was that I didn't really feel they really focused on the dynamic weather the way that I wanted them to. So when they revealed that Forza Horizon 4 was going to have seasons in it, I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And pretty much what I've played of Forza Horizon 4 so far has been fantastic. Yeah, I'm not going to say that it's the perfect game, but it by far, hands down, and no offense to anybody that is that has an Xbox One or is an Xbox owner, this is the best Xbox exclusive in 2018, no doubt about it. No offense to Sea of Thieves or State of Decay 2, but this is the game. I understand that racing is not necessarily a genre that everybody is into, but uh, if you definitely are a racing game fan, you absolutely positively need to play this game if you haven't done so already. So um, very excited to see what Playground Games does in the future. I know they're currently working on another game. have no idea when we're going to actually see that game, but Forza Horizon 4 was a blast. Still playing it to this very day, and definitely, definitely highly recommend it, in my personal opinion. And my number one game, and this is going to surprise some people, all right? And when I say it's number one, in my personal opinion, it truly is the best game I've played this year. It's a game called A Way Out. Now, if you've ever seen this game, you know, when it was, when EA first revealed it, the concept is it's a co-op game, but it has split screen and you can also play it locally. Um, so I didn't really, you know, when I saw the game and of course, you know, the guy behind the game, he had a very famous incident at the video game awards last year. You know, I must admit when I saw how he acted at the show, I, I was like, you know, I really want to check out this game he's, that he was working on. So I went into this game completely blind. I had a chance to play it with uh, our very good friend, Adam Vale from Throwdown and WrestleCast. Uh, we played it through from beginning to end, and I absolutely love the game. Not just the fact that it's a fantastic co-op game, but the storyline takes a very dramatic twist uh, once you get towards the end. And again, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because um, I really do think that you need to experience it to really understand why it's a, it's a, it's a great game. Uh, but really, the way that they made that twist in the end, it, it is an emotional gut punch for so many reasons. But I just feel that they handled the game so well. And again, this is an independent studio. Uh, they are working on another title now, but hands down, I think this is a game that should have got more attention this year. Because um, it definitely deserves it. So without, without question, that is my best game of 2018. And, and it's not even close. I, like I said, I've played a lot of games. God of War, I unfortunately haven't finished God of War. Red Dead Redemption 2, another game I have yet to finish, only because I've been playing so many games and I haven't really had too much time because, you know, other stuff does happen in life that uh, takes away some time. 
But I do intend to go back to these games because I know God of War certainly deserves what I played in God of War so so far is fantastic. So I think that deserves all the recognition that it has gotten. And for Red Dead Redemption 2, the same thing. So I definitely need to finish those. Hopefully I can make that a priority once we have this little break over the holidays. But uh, yeah. So I, I believe that pretty much covers uh, our best games of 2018. So now we need to address the biggest disappointment of 2018. Uh, very curious to hear what, what's going to be said about this. So I'm going to go to you first, Mr. Lugo. Which game disappointed you the most in 2018? Uh, without question, it's The Quiet Man. That that's to me is the worst <laughs> game of uh, 2018 that I've. It's probably the worst game I've played in a while, and I don't say that lightly because you know I was surprised at how bad it actually was. Uh, when you have a game that's trying to be more artsy than an actual game, there's a huge problem, and I and that really goes down to a lot of the planning and the pre-production phase more than anything else. And I felt a little bit bad by the time I finished playing through The Quiet Man. I played it about three times in total. Uh, to go through the entirety of the game. You only have to really play it twice, but the problem was is that there, there were so many bugs and stuff my second time around. I had to play it a third time just to get the final ending, you know, which is like a this whole other song and dance about, you know, extra DLC to actually reveal, like, what exactly is going on with the story. It's a whole big what to do. Bottom line, it's the worst game of this year because it fundamentally just wants to get away from being a video game so much that it wants to cross over to film and art. And I think that's like a completely terrible decision for everybody that was working on this game. Like I said, I felt very bad for all the actors and actresses that were involved with it because it blends the game action with real life action, which a lot of the game models are based on the real life actors, but it's just all over the place. So that's hands down my worst game I've ever played this year. Totally understand that. Yeah, I know a lot of people didn't like this game, so <laughs> that's cool. Uh, how about you, Mr. Polanco? What was your most disappointing game of uh, 2018? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh piggyback off of JJ because yeah, it was definitely the quiet man. Now here's the thing about this game. I didn't even know this thing existed until um a, I guess it was during Comic Con. I was invited to um actually interview the developers of the game, right? Um one of them was actually Joe Kelly, who was a very famous and very excellent comic book writer, right? Um so I went in there and I and I interviewed him and I thought the concept was interesting, right? You got a, a protagonist that's deaf and you know he interacts with the world differently, right? So I'm like, you know, just hearing all, all, just based off what they said, I'm like, this is gonna be a pretty interesting game. And then in my mind, I'm like, okay, uh, Square Enix already did a very good job when it comes to a quote unquote indie game with life is strange. So I figured, okay, this would be more the same. No, it, it wasn't like everything they try to do just did not work right. Like their interpretation of being deaf is literally just muting the volume like what that, that's stupid and i'm and i'm just being real right now right because i know I, you know a good deal of um deaf people throughout my life right they use a lot of sign language because obviously that's the way they communicate there's barely any sign language in this game like the main dude just stands there looking all like mopey and shit i'm like yo my man do some fucking sign language you know um and then the other thing is like you know because sometimes the game has subtitles to let you know what's happening but i'm like okay if this guy is really good at reading lips right i'm like why can't you see what he you know what i'm saying what he interprets or whatever on, on the bottom of the screen it's just really dumb and, and i wrote this in my room like i i have to question whether any deaf people were even brought into this project as consultants you know i'm like you guys are interpreting it all wrong you know um and then yeah like, like jay said that the combination of like you know like you know 
gameplay and cinema didn't really work out right. It, like I, you know, gameplay I call it Streets of Rage done wrong. You know, it's just really bad beat up c- controls and stuff. Very clunky. Uh, the game does a horrible job of explaining the controls. It wasn't until I almost beat the game that I realized this dude has like a super move. I'm like, okay. And then I'm not gonna spoil anything, obviously, but. You know, there's some weird kind of supernaturalist shit that comes out of nowhere. I'm like, what? what? What the fuck is this shit? And then after you beat the game, you can actually, like, unlock the voices or whatever. But hearing the cheesy-ass dialogue makes me want to mute it on myself. You know, I'm like, no, turn that shit off. I don't I don't need to hear all this. So, yeah, it, 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 it's sad. Like, I, know they, I, I see what these guys are trying to do, but it just did not work out right. And to me... You know, because there's not a lot of Japanese indie games that are really like high profile the way Western indie games are. And to me, this kind of this game kind of sets it back if there even is that type of movement. I don't know if there is or not, but it, it's just a horrible, horrible game. Like I, it, this is one of those like reviews I dreaded writing because I don't really like to you know dog on games like that. Like in written form, I try to find the good. I I couldn't do it with this one. It's just terrible. You know, so yeah, that that's easily the worst game of the year for me. You know. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that. Absolutely. Okay, Gary, what is your pick for the worst game of 2018? Okay, so I didn't actually play this, but you know, this is a uh, biggest disappointment, and you know, I can still, you know, I'm, I'm still disappointed even though I didn't actually play it. But it has to be Fallout 76 for me, because um. You know, I really, really loved Fallout 4. Um, you know, I, I mean, Fallout 3 is, you know, one of my favorite, you know, games of all time. But Fallout 4 did a great job. I actually liked the survival elements and the building and, you know, all that stuff. And um, now I would prefer, you know, just an, a, a new Fallout uh, single player game. But, you know, I was open to the idea of a multiplayer Fallout, you know, game as well, especially when Todd Howard came out at E3 and gave that amazing presentation. Um, He really hyped up the game and um, definitely oversold it. But the way he explained it made it seem like it's going to be Fallout 4, but it's going to be online and it's going to be kind of like a destiny kind of thing where, you know, it's always online and you can just you can do certain things together with your friends but then you can also participate in solo missions and things like that um so i've you know i've watched a lot of videos a lot of streams and i've listened to a lot of podcasts of people's reaction to the game and based on everything i heard and saw i am fully disappointed and you know um it's it's sad that they did this with such a respected ip um and I hope that it doesn't impact, you know, the, the future outlook on this IP, on this series. But, um, yeah, they, they definitely did a terrible job of it. And, you know, they made it seem like they, uh, you know, when Todd Howard gave that presentation, I'm guessing they were very early into development still and they were still working things out. So they promised things that they didn't deliver on when the game came out. And it seemed like they realized that they they weren't to be able to deliver, and they tried to do you know as much damage control as possible beforehand, and you know that's really dishonest from a, a, a studio, uh, especially one as big as Bethesda and one who's built their legacy off of you know some phenomenal IPs. So 
that was a, a huge disappointment for me and it represents everything i hate about gaming currently like just the fact that these big companies are allowed to um you know take advantage of people who are big fans of these series you know and then you know just uh continue to milk money from them you know based off of the the, the you know the names of these games and everything you know they just they do they make these uh decisions to you know just create uh new versions of the game and then it's just it doesn't turn out to be what you're expecting and you know i, I just hate that companies are allowed to do that uh the same thing happened last year with uh you know ea and battlefront um so this year it was fallout 76 i'm wondering what it's going to be next year um but i'll talk more about that later so yeah fallout 76 is the biggest disappointment for me Sounds good. Yep. Uh, I believe that's going to be disappointing for a lot of people. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens with that game moving forward. Um, as for my pick, uh, okay, this is hard because a lot of the games I played, they weren't like, I can't think of anything that I thought was the worst. But I can definitely say one that I thought was very disappointing, or at least most disappointing to me personally. And uh, that's uh, Darksiders 3. You know, I know when uh, THQ Nordic picked up this uh, license, I was very excited for this game because, I mean, this is a franchise that I got into with the first and the second game. Um, and obviously, learning more about the third game, I was intrigued because the storyline is basically that Fury has to deal with the seven deadly sins. And those basically are portrayed as seven different creatures she has to face. So just to me alone, that concept sound, sounded fantastic. Uh, but once I had a chance to actually play the game, um, you know, the hack and slash combat is great, but it's just that the game, there are a lot of aspects of it that feel unpolished, at least to me when I played on console. I'm not sure if on PC it, the same issues were per persistent, but I know that, yeah, there was uh, issues with polish. There were some technical glitches in there. And then, of course, on top of all that, the story started off strong, but then it got disappointing towards the end. Um, now, I will say, at the very least, I, I do want to give THQ Nordic credit for bringing it back. You know, at least I think they did a decent enough job, whereas if they are able to do another sequel, it could be great. But um, I have to say, from what I was expecting from the game, in terms of the aesthetic look of the characters the gameplay and stuff like that certain things i think it, they probably could have waited to at least just at a later time plus they also made the decision of releasing this in november after red dead and everything else had dropped so there was a quite a bit a number of games that came out in november including fallout 76 so i think if they would have held it maybe until the beginning of next year that might have been good but as we'll get into later yeah there's a lot of other big titles coming out at the start of next year so maybe that's why they, they did decide not to go that route but um that definitely for me personally is my most disappointing it doesn't mean that it's a, it's a bad game it's just that it, it needs to be refined uh, a couple patch updates maybe they'll fix a lot of things that they have in the game but definitely by far disappointing to me um in 2018 so um that concludes our biggest disappointment for the year now we're going to jump ship and we're going to talk about 2019 and we're going to give our picks on 
three games we're looking forward to in 2019. So, once again, I'm going to start off with you first, Mr. Lugo. What are the three games you're looking forward to most in the in the upcoming new year? Well, this is a little bit hard, you know, in some cases because there's a lot of big ones that are dropping next year, especially early on in the year. Uh, but for me, obviously, if you guys know me, if you guys have been following the site for a while, you guys know I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan. So Kingdom Hearts 3 is obviously my most anticipated that the start of next year, you know, is coming very, very soon. We're under a month from this game dropping, which is crazy because people like me have been waiting for this game for over 10 years, you know, for one reason or another. And it's been insane. The, the level of like, you know, all the chaotic stuff that's happened in the gaming news and all the stuff that's, you know, building up the hype for this game, you know, between the leaks that happened a couple of weeks ago, between all the stuff that's happening in the various different Disney parks and all the commercials and stuff that's coming out. This is going to be a very big game. Now, will, will it live up to the hype? I don't know. I, I'm, there's no way to tell for certain, but that is definitely myself and everybody else's most anticipated game of next year, hands down, without question. Uh, besides that, though, if we're getting away from Kingdom Hearts 3, and looking at more some of the other game releases that are coming out. Uh, one of my biggest ones I'm also uh, really excited for because I played it and I really enjoyed what I played, Resident Evil 2 Remake. I'm, the thing is, is that I'm not a huge diehard Resident Evil fan, but I really enjoyed playing that game at E3. It, it was surprisingly really cool to play that because it reminded me of like a blending of the, the atmosphere and the horror type of vibe that you get from a Resident Evil 1 or 2, which in this case being Resident Evil 2, and the gameplay and the feel of the controls of Resident Evil 4. And that's a, to me, that's a perfect blend because people want that classic style uh, horror that Resident Evil is usually known for, that survival horror, but they still want it to feel really good to play like most of the modern games of this era. And I think that's what they've got so far is pretty damn cool and so far is, it seems to be working out very well for them. So I can't wait to see how that's going to turn out and then finally uh if i had to really choose one more as like my most anticipated again there's like so many big games that are coming out next year it's absolutely insane uh i would have to say mortal kombat 11 i'm, I'm a very big mortal kombat fan you guys know that i think you even know that too rich again we've talked a couple times about mortal kombat or injustice and stuff and i think I think Nether Realms does a fantastic job in all their games. The last couple of games they put out have been just awesome, you know, especially with DLC and extra content. Uh, I can't wait to see if they're going to take that same formula and same approach that they did with Injustice 2 with everything that how that game turned out, especially with the extra content and the DLC and how that's going to translate to the Mortal Kombat universe. I think there's a lot of good things up ahead. And if a lot of the rumors that have been floating around are true, this game's going to be really freaking cool. So I can't wait to see that come together. Remember, there's a reveal event for that game coming next month and i believe it's january 17th if i'm not mistaken it's like early on in the month so that's going to be pretty damn interesting to see how that turns out so those are my three picks for for 2018 or 2019 i'm sorry yeah those are solid picks and i agree with everything you had to say uh yeah there is a reveal event that's yeah on the on the 17th so looking forward to hearing more about mortal kombat 11 for sure next month yeah so uh i'm gonna go to you next mr mr Kawanko. What are your top three most anticipated games in 2019? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking over at the, the list of games coming out next year. And to be honest, like, you know, I'm not really excited for a lot of these. Um, uh -oh. So it's a little, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, and I felt this way for months. I'm like, what what's coming out next year? You know, so the fact that my number one game I'm most anticipated for, anticipated, you know, anticipating is a remake should tell you something. But yeah, my number one game I'm most looking forward to is Resident Evil 2 Remake, like, and it's funny because, you know, don't get me wrong, I love Resident Evil 2 and all that. But to me, like, 
I, I, I feel there are other better Resident Evil games, specifically Resident Evil um, Code Veronica, for talking about that specific style. But this is in the vein of Resident Evil 4, which is, you know, to me, the best of the best. So I'm glad for that. I played it at E3 um, and also played another demo at um, New York Comic Con. Uh, both, you know, one as, uh, you know, Jill and the other, not Jill, um, what's her face, Claire. And uh, the other one is Leon. Really good stuff. I, I love how they, they've taken the base game and just remade it like a true remake so i'm really looking forward to that um another one that i feel a lot of people aren't talking about a lot is control um remedies game which is basically like quantum uh quantum break with like a woman you know but crazier um i was really surprised that was one of the the genuine e3 surprises for me uh last year so i'm really looking forward to that that's going to be really dope and then this game I think it's coming out next year. Like I've been, and I'm pretty sure you, you know you JJ could jump in on this too. Bloodstained. Like we've been playing this forever. You know, true, like very true. demos. Yeah, we, like how like three years in a row now. You know, so I'm really glad this is hopefully finally coming out. And um, you know, I don't think this is going to be one of those Kickstarter like disappointment stories. I think this is going to be like a one that's going to really come through. Uh, Igarashi, like you could tell this guy is very meticulous. Like every time I've played this game, he's always been in the room with us, checking us out, asking us questions. Like it, this is going to be a really special game. Like if you're really into you like, uh, no, and it's funny because I've, I'm actually at the point where I'm sick of Metroidvania games because there's just so many, but this is the one that is really going to bring it home for me, man. I, I can't wait. Um, and also a little bit of a, a weird shout out because uh, I didn't really like the first game, but I kind of have to give an honorable mention, uh, Rich, to a Division 2, you know? I feel that wow. game. Yeah, yeah. That's very shocking. Yeah, um, you know, we, we, we can't, um, I, I can't go too much into it, as neither can you, but I, I think I'm keeping an eye out for it. Based on what I played, I'm keeping an eye on that game for next year, but uh, we could tell you more about that game, what we think uh, in the middle of January. I mean, I'm going to say the exact date, but in the middle of January, we could tell you guys more about it, but I'm, I have it on my radar now, which is interesting. I didn't have it at all on my radar before, you know, but yeah, those are my main three games I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. I definitely wasn't expecting that, so hey, that's good. Nice surprises, I say. <laughs> okay, uh, so how about you, Gary? Uh, which game, which three games are you looking forward to in 2019? And let me also remind you right now, no, we're not getting Overwatch 2 in 2019, so I hope that Overwatch is not on this list. <laughs> no, it's, it's not on the list, but um, I am looking forward to Overwatch League. Uh, season two, uh, that's gonna be great, but um, <laughs> but nah, um, yeah, so uh, I mean, there's, there's not a lot that I'm looking forward to, but um, there's a few games I'll mention. Um, now Kingdom Hearts 3, um, you know, I, I'm not the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan, but you know, I do support Square Enix and I've played some of the first Kingdom Hearts and I can understand the appeal of it. I hear that it's a very complex and convoluted story um, throughout, you know, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and then all the spin-off games as well. Um, and I, I don't think I'm going to have enough time to get through all of that stuff. I hear it's a lot of hours. But, you know, I, I am looking forward to just picking up Kingdom Hearts 3 and just making sense of whatever I can and just experiencing all these different characters. Like, I, I like the idea of uh, it being a mashup of you know, different uh, characters from Disney and uh, Square Enix, Final Fantasy and things like that. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing what that's all about and, you know, how that's going to be received. 
Uh, so that's one of them. Um, Division 2 also, you know, which Tony just mentioned. I know you guys got to go to the event and everything. Uh, and you can't say too much. But um, I actually enjoyed the first game. Um, you know, the, the main story anyway, like the main campaign. Um, after the campaign, there wasn't really much to do. So I hope they expand on that so that there's more stuff to enjoy after you actually finish the main campaign but um the first game was really fun while it lasted like i played it with uh some you know a, a few of the coalition heads like um james and uh, alicia and uh, also um shouts to Assad as well played with him sometimes so um it's a very you know it's one of those online games i i really liked i really enjoyed it didn't you know it wasn't the same as destiny but it it came close somewhat so i'm looking forward to see what they do with the second one um and uh, the third game i'll mention is uh this is more out of curiosity just to see how it turns out and that's shenmue 3 um because you know this there's a lot of history behind this game um i did buy the remaster of shenmue 1 and 2 you know um and yeah like i want to see if if ryu finally finds landy so um definitely looking forward to seeing how that turns out and what the response is and um hopefully it, it turns out good and you know it's, it's actually uh well received and everything and people love it and enjoy it and are happy about it and maybe they'll even make you know more games after that one so um we'll wait and see but that's pretty much it from me Some pretty good picks and you definitely surprised me with that last one all as well so um <laughs> we'll see we'll see yeah it's more curiosity to be honest oh yeah i totally understand yeah i totally understand so uh my three picks um first and foremost i think number one without question it is mortal kombat 11 uh that reveal at the video game awards really got me it got me excited. I, I, I loved everything about how they presented it with Ed Boom coming out on stage to present an award. And then all of a sudden you see the, the screen flash and you see Scorpion Spear. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for that reveal event on the 17th so we can find out more information about what to expect in this in this, in this this sequel. So that's number one. Number two, um, without question, I believe it is Resident Evil 2. Because, uh, you know, as I believe Tony and, and JJ said, yeah, they also look forward to Resident Evil 2. That actually was one of the, um, I mean, I did play the original Resident Evil, but that Resident Evil 2 game, when it first came out, way back in the day, that was one of my favorite games for that particular time. So I'm curious to see how they handled the remake. I did not get a chance to play it at E3, but um, looking forward to it. And side note, uh, it actually comes out a day before my birthday, so I definitely do plan to play that on my birthday next month. So definitely looking forward to that. And the third game, and um, this may surprise some people, but then again, it might not. I have to say Devil May Cry 5, because now I will say this. Before I had a chance to actually play the demo, I probably wouldn't have said Devil May Cry 5, but I did play that demo on Xbox One. And the way they put together the demo, very straight, straightforward action. I mean, I really enjoyed that, even though it was a short demo. So I absolutely intend to check out the final game when it comes out in March to see what it has to offer. 
But um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't, I mean, I did, you know, play around with a few of the games in the series, but I never really played through them to the fullest completion. So I may have to go back and do that for the sake of uh, storyline purposes to understand what's going on. But I definitely intend to make time to play Devil May Cry 5 uh, when it drops uh, in March next year. So those are uh, essentially our top three games we're looking forward to in 2019. And now we're going to finish off by talking about uh, one game that they're that we are worried about in 2019. So uh, I'm actually going to go to you first, Mr. Lugo. Let us know which game you are most concerned about heading into 2019. I would have to say, again, I'm looking over the list of like games that are confirmed for next year because, again, it's a little bit harder, you know, trying to remember all the games that have came out that I've seen at like places like E3 and other events. And if I had to choose one, like, you know, specific one, I would have to say it's that Team Sonic racing game from Sega. And funny enough, the reason being is because when I looked at it, I actually got to play it when I was at E3. I got to play it a couple times, okay, a couple races. And while I enjoy the the Sonic uh, or Sega Genesis, not Sega Genesis, but like Sega character racers, specifically with Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed, I felt that was the best version of that. This one is just focusing on Sonic characters specifically. And they're getting rid of that transform transformation type of stuff, but it's also implementing a whole team type of aspect into the racing. And while that sounds interesting at first, in practice, it's not so much. And, you know, again, removing all those extra Sega characters, which I think added a lot of charm to that style of game, is really, I feel like, is really going to kind of make this one feel like a dud when it comes out. At least that's what I'm thinking at the first, you know, first glance, first impression. You know, they, they could be doing a whole bunch of other work on the game and things will totally change up like that. But if I really had to pick one game that has me a little bit worried on any sort of level, because a lot of the games that I'm really paying attention to that are coming out next year all look like they're going to be really big hits, or at least games that are super popular like that. But that'll probably be the one game I would say is the one that has me the most kind of like, you know, a little bit cautious when it comes to playing it. I say, yeah, that's, that's a good pick. Definitely. Okay. We're going to go to you next, Mr. Polanco. Uh, although I think I may know which which game is on your list, but I'm curious to know which game are you most worried about 2019? Yeah, you and I have had this conversation. You already know what I'm going to say. I'm <laughs> really, really worried about Anthem, man. Like, it, to me, if this game bombs, I think that's it, man. I think that's it for Bioware, you know? Uh, we know how ruthless EA is uh, when it comes to studios that underperform, and I don't think Bioware is immune for that. I really think... Not to get too off topic, but I really think that announcement of Dragon Age was them going, hey, guys, guys, we still have something you actually want to play. Please, please. We're still for the record, not going for the record I couldn't even tell that was a Dragon Age game. When I first saw it, <laughs> I had to ask somebody if that was the Dragon Age game. Yeah, you're right about that. But I really think they threw that there. Like, hey, guys, if you are not, if you don't care about Anthem, we still got Dragon Age. Because Bioware, they're known for being a, you know, a, a studio that produces highly cinematic, story-driven games. And Anthem looks like it's... Let's just be honest here. It looks like they're trying to jump on the Destiny bandwagon, right? That it looks like Destiny with mechs, you know. And I don't think that's going to fly. I know, you know, you know, they claim that it's going to have the same quality of a regular um, Bioware game. And I know the main team is working on this. Unlike Andromeda, they had the B team. But I really fear that if this game doesn't live up to uh, whatever it is that Bioware says it is, I, I, it's funny. They've been talking so much about this game, and I still don't really know what this game's about. But I really think if this game underperforms, we may see the end of Bioware, which scares me. And again, I, I know that sounds crazy, but think about how many studios EA has killed 
you know like you wouldn't have th- thought they were gonna uh, close on visceral look what happened you know so we'll, we'll have to see about that uh but i can't be here saying oh guys you need to support this game because we got to keep our way around like no if the game's bad don't buy it you know i'm not saying it is going to be bad i just i just don't i i think this game's veering too far off what made bioware bioware and I, i'm worried that if it underperforms that's the end of the studio but we'll see but yeah that's the game i'm most worried about and not only for the game but for the company too you know uh, I certainly agree. Uh, we, we will see what happens, but uh, I will say that I do hope that Destiny Three does great when it when it drops next year. <laughs> we'll oh, see. Wow. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because I hear people kept talking about, "Hey, this looks like Destiny." Yeah, as soon as they saw the video, so I said, "Okay, we'll see." But uh, Gary, what is your pick for which game you think is going to be most disappointing next year? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to echo Tony here. Um, Anthem. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm scared for Bioware and their legacy because they, they have some of the some of my most favorite games ever made. Like, they created it. Um, and, you know, their reputation is uh, heavily dependent on Anthem right now. Um, you know, they already had uh, a bomb last year with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, they Anthem is a success and, you know, um, it brings them back to their form of glory. And, you know, from there, they're able to go on to create, you know, new iterations of Mass Effect and Dragon Age and the games we love. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man, like, because I haven't seen anything at all that's really sold me on that game. Um, and that worries me the most because it's 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 coming out very soon now like it's it's not that far away um and i feel like we should have been seeing something that's making us be like oh my god i can't wait for this game and there hasn't really been anything like that um so that's very worrying now i will say one thing a couple of my friends played the alpha for that game and they said that they wasn't disappointed like they said it was actually fun like somewhat fun so um you know hopefully that means it's actually you know a good game and it it exceeds our expectations for it but um i don't know i mean you know that could have just been like the best part of the game that they played and the rest of it is like terrible like who knows you know like you can't really judge the entire game off of an alpha but um hopefully you know it's a success but uh based on what we've seen this generation and you know uh their last game that they put out um yeah i i think that this could be uh, a bomb to be honest with you so uh, that's my pick yeah hey listen i i fully agree with with you and tony about anthem um We'll have to see how that turns out, but I know they're having another beta open to the public, I believe, next month. So we'll know whether or not this game is actually going to be worth something. We actually get a chance to check out the beta for a lengthy period of time. Uh, We'll see. Uh, As for my pick, um, and this might be somewhat controversial, but uh, I have to take it here because uh, I just... I feel as though I've seen a, I've seen a very little of this game. Uh, well, I've seen well, I, we've seen a, a, good, a, a good amount of it, but I still have no idea when this game is coming out, and apparently neither does Sony. So I have to say, uh, Dreams 
I do believe that Dreams is going to be disappointing. You know, I, I know Gary is in the UK. You know, his studio, Media Molecule, is also in the UK. So I'm not taking any shots at, at, at uh, the UK. But um, this is one of several games that I, I have to have a lot of questions about what is going on with the development. I know they had this, they pretty much had this game used to introduce a lot of the games they showed at E3. Uh, in the past, at, at I believe it was E3, yeah, the E3 show uh, this past year, back, back back in June, the Sony conference, uh, they used the Dreams things to, to introduce the segments, but I haven't really, we haven't really seen any footage of what you can do with this game, unless that was something they showed a long time ago. I haven't seen anything recent, um, so I, I am a little concerned about that game because I know uh, Little Big Planet was a pretty good franchise. You know, we have our very good friend Carl Daniel. Who was a huge fan of that uh, franchise so um we'll have to see what they do with dreams but i am concerned about that as well as shinmu because i know you mentioned shinmu 3 earlier gary uh, i am concerned about that because again when it takes these games so long for it to come out uh you have to have a little bit of a uh, concern as to how it's going to turn out um we could say the same about crackdown 3 but i think from the standpoint of um what i really really am puzzled on it is dreams right now because i don't i haven't seen anything from dreams and i don't really know what to expect with that experience but uh hopefully it, it isn't a failure and if it is then they can go back to the drawing board maybe do another little big planet or something else uh after this game but we'll see all right so any final thoughts or things you guys want to mention before we get ready to wrap up today's show. Yeah, um, I, I guess this is more of a question for you guys. Um, do you think that next year will be, like, I guess the final year before we start getting new consoles? I, I predict new consoles are coming 2020. I don't think they're coming uh, 2019. So do you think next year will be kind of, you know, in a sense, like the wrap-up year before we start really going deep into... Um, you know, discussing the new consoles, you know, um, PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2, I guess. Yeah, I, I really believe so. Um, and, you know, Sony's actions seem to be alluding to that. Like, I think that they're, they're just, they're, they're acting like they're basically done with this generation already. <laughs> and, you know, um, they're just ready to move to the next one. So I think we'll get an announcement about the, the next PlayStation in 2019 and then the console will come out uh 2020 so i really think that will be the 2019 will be the last year uh i kind of agree and the only reason why i agree is not even because of sony's actions with psx but even just because that microsoft talked about their next console when we were at e3 that was like it, it was one of those things that just came out kind of at surprises like oh that's a little it's a little bold and open and like you know, nobody did not take notice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds like a double negative, but between that, between even Sony not even showing up at E3 next year, which is, again is a whole nother, whole nother deal to kind of like discuss and dissect. But I think that next year we start getting announcements like reveals, like teases of what those consoles are going to be, followed by the following year, if not getting to see the consoles until eventual release towards the end of the year. I think that's fair to say, because wasn't that exactly how it played out almost at the end of the previous cycle when we got into this one, when we got to see PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and eventually Nintendo Switch? Like, I'm pretty sure it was kind of like that. Not exactly, per se, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was very similar. 
Yeah, that's what I think. I don't think we're going to get any maybe from maybe from Microsoft next year, but I'm not going to put that. But I think um, with PlayStation, they're going to do exactly what they did with PS4. They're going to announce the system the same year it comes out. So I think it'll be announced uh, February 2020, you know, in their own show. Right. Um, a little bit more information at E3 when they make their return. And then that year it'll actually come out, you know, uh, 2020 uh, November. That's what I think you is going to happen. You know, it's funny you say that because I think it's also we should know that there's still some big PlayStation 4 games that are coming down the pipeline that are actually still coming next year. Remember, we got yes. The Last of Us Part 2. I mean, we got, uh, what is it? Um, Days Gone. Days Gone. Days Gone. Um, um, Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. That's, that's what I, that was the one I was thinking of. And then also keep yeah. in mind, uh, even though a lot of people are saying that possibly this could be a next console type of game, I would still say Death Stranding is part of that conversation because mm. all those all those are big games. Like that, that have been announced or have been shown with PlayStation 4. Like, again, a lot of the branding association and stuff. More specifically, those other games instead of Death Stranding. But I would still argue that Death Stranding is still part of that lineup of last hurrah for PlayStation 4 before whatever PlayStation 5 is going to be. But again, I, I'm with you on that sense where we start getting announcements slash teases of yes. what those consoles are going to be in 2019. I think 2019 is the year that we start to be like, okay, this this generation is coming to an end. These are your last big games that you're going to get from us. But here's a look at towards the future for 2020. And I think 2020, towards the end of 2020 into 2021 is when you start to see those consoles. Yeah, that's what I think too. That's exactly what I think. The, what the, about the, you, Rich? What's your, what's your what's your assessment of uh you know what's coming next year as far as new consoles and all that? Uh, I pretty much think you, you guys nailed it on the head. Uh, I definitely think uh, 2020 is when we'll probably see new consoles. Uh, a lot of those games coming in 2019, I know we still don't have some release dates, you know. But yeah, I'm pretty confident that a lot of them are coming in, in, in 2019. As for Death Stranding, um, I'm glad that that was mentioned because perhaps... That should have been the game that I said is probably going to be disappointing because I know we haven't seen hardly any gameplay from that game. But um, you know, I, I have to wait and see what's what's the story behind that because I'm pretty sure we're going to see a lot more of that in 2019. But um, yeah, uh, I totally think that's that totally makes sense. Where there will probably be a lot of teases next year, although I will not rule out the fact that Microsoft may have something major at their conference. Since they know that they'll have the only one, they are they are pretty much between Sony and Microsoft. They're the ones that's going to have a big show at, at, at E3. So I'm pretty sure that they will take advantage of that one way or another. I mean, they may not have any of these other games under these new studios completed yet, but they're definitely going to have something to show um, at E3. So I'm curious to know what that is. But uh, yeah, 2019 for teases that sounds totally plausible. In 2019 for releases. For, for the actual console releases, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, any uh, final thoughts before we get ready to wrap up today's show? Uh, I will say, like, um, this is like 2018 has been one of the years that kind of made me. Um, almost fall out of love with gaming and i'd mean that just on like the mainstream level like i i didn't appreciate a lot of the you know the uh the, the things the mainstream companies were doing like ea activision you know um so i, I think there, there's a lot of uh, messed up things going on uh, a lot of taking advantage of people like customers and things like that so a lot of the practices made me not even want to 
bother with uh, you know uh, the AAA titles this year, and that's why I played uh, you know only a handful of them really. Um, and I hope that things improve in 2019 because uh, I missed last generation when things were more about quality, you know, and um, innovation and everything. And this generation has just all been about um, repackaging what we got last generation and selling it again. And, you know, just awful business practices. So um, I, I want to fall back in love with gaming. I hope that can happen next next year because this year made me almost fall out of love with it, to be honest with you. Damn, that's pretty heavy, dude. Shit. Well, well, with all with all due respect, uh, if unless uh, Overwatch Two is dropping in 2019, 2020, this may remain the same for you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think things will improve though, especially as we move to uh, the next generation. But yeah, um, I, I didn't I didn't want to like bring things down like that. But um, but yeah, uh, this year, like I don't know, it's like definitely not one of my favorite years in gaming. Oh, yeah. Uh, just just to quickly jump on that, like I, I don't agree with you know this year making me feel that way. It's next year that kind of makes me feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Like again, when we were talking about what games we're looking forward to next year, I had a really hard time, and I, I've been thinking about this next month. I'm like, uh, like for a few months, I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Like I think gaming until next generation is gonna be kind of dry. You know, it's gonna be a little bit harder to get motivated to play these games. Um, so I'm probably just gonna hit the backlog, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's pretty interesting, Gary, that that you felt about that this year because I felt this year was pretty great, not as great as last year, but it was pretty good. But it, it's next year I'm really worried about. And to be honest, most of 2020, uh, there probably may not will not be a lot of crazy good games. I I could be wrong about that, but you know, it, usually when, when console generation started, you don't really get the best of the best, you know, so that's going to be a little bit of a worry, too. My hope is that we could at least um, play some of our old games on new systems, because right now, they don't really have the excuse to not be backwards compatible. You know, it's the same x86 architecture, you know, so hopefully that'll be the case. Um, like like that Stranding, I think that's going to be a game you can play on both systems, you know, uh, but we'll see you know, what happens with the beginning. Hopefully things won't be as dry in 2020 when the new systems come out as uh, they've usually been in the past. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. And what you said about um, last year being so great, I think that's a lot of the reason why uh, this year was such a low for me. Because coming off of that year we had last year, you know, it was kind of hard to top that. So that's probably what made this year feel worse um, to me. But um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to have to go back and, and get a refresher as to what came out last year because I don't uh, remember. Uh, uh, so you had uh, you had Nier Automata, you had uh, oh, yeah. Persona Five, Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah, Resident Breath Evil of the Wild, Breath, Breath of the, of the Wild. Wild, Mario Odyssey. Uh, yeah, Last year was that. ridiculous, man. <laughs> so many games came I, out. I told you, you know? it was one of the best years in gaming because there was a big release every single month. That, that was yes. what made 2017 so good. And 2018, and I think obviously 2019, is it's going to be very hard for, for any of those years to live up to that. But I think it's still very hopeful. I, I still think that we got a lot of big games that are still coming that we both know about, or at least we have an idea of when they're going to be dropping, and others that are still like we're, we're still waiting for them to kind of get made and stuff. Keep in mind, we still got things like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which Again, yeah. it's like far out, you know, that are really <laughs> don't even have an idea. Yeah, we'll see about that one. Or not. But, <laughs> yeah. but you understand my point, though. Like, mm -hmm. it's still yeah. a good thing to look forward to as far as like, you know, our industry is at least, you know, having a lot of good things happen for it, at least at the current moment. 
Yeah, and there's little games out there like I'm really looking forward to Streets of Rage 4, uh, the Dr- Panzer Dragoon remakes. I, I'm fucking excited for that. Uh, so there's still some stuff out there, but I think definitely things are going to start winding down, you know, which is okay, you know, because last year was, was it was so many games you could barely keep up with them. You know, it was insane. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. They make a very good point. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So, any final thoughts before we get ready to wrap up the show? I think that's it, man. You know, thank the fans as always. You know, you guys are always supporting us. You know, really, really appreciate that. You know, whether it be on our podcast, you know, our posts, our our Twitters, our social media. I always appreciate the, the, you know, the support. That's one of the reasons I kind of keep going. Like, you know, on days that are kind of like shitty or whatever, you know, you you get even like somebody just saying thank you. That's enough to keep you going, man. So like eternal uh, gratitude for the fans, man. You guys are fucking awesome. Absolutely. I agree. Um, And yes, thank Thank you all for listening. Uh, 2018 was a very uh, important year for the coalition. So looking forward to seeing all of the excellent things that are in the works for 2019 and beyond. But uh, right now, we thank you for your continued support. And I'm now going to allow you guys to give shout outs. So Mr. Lugo, how about you give your shout outs first? Uh, just shout out to everybody that checks out all the content has been leaving comments, so looking at all the stuff that we put up on the YouTube channel, obviously the patrons as well. We appreciate you guys supporting us throughout the year, you know, throughout all the years that we've been around doing our stuff and uh, really kind of working hard to give you guys great content on all the different gaming related stuff that comes out. We appreciate that. It means a lot to us. Uh, hopefully all of you guys out there uh, have a good holiday, you know, have a good Christmas that's coming up in a couple days, actually for us here in the United States and uh, everybody just Get some good stuff underneath the tree and get some good food and drinks a lot of eggnog and the whole nine yards. So hopefully you guys have a good time. I hope I'm looking forward to it and you guys should be too. So thank you. Absolutely. I agree. Uh Mr. Tony Polanco, any shout outs that you would like to give? Yeah, like I said, you know, shout out to the fans. Uh, but uh shout out to you guys, man. You know, it's 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 great that, you know. We've been able to uh, keep our friendships and all that going all these years, you know, uh, supporting our, each other and all that. Really, really uh, appreciative of all those relationships we've built uh, because of gaming and all that. You know, it, ke- it keeps us going and it's really good. You know, some of the especially the private conversations we have off Twitter, you know, those are always a lot of fun and all that. So I definitely uh, want to thank all you guys for, uh, you know, just being you guys and being fucking amazing, you know. Oh, well, we appreciate that. Yes, we're going to definitely continue to allow these things to flourish um, for everybody, without question. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Mr. Lugo and Tony for being on today. It was great to have you both on the show, as well as everybody on the staff that uh, has done stuff, whether it, you know, in the past uh, or present. We appreciate the continued support. And of course, all the fans as well. They continue to support us. We do have some great things in the works for the new year. And uh, I look forward to talking more about that in the new year. But uh, Gary, now the floor is yours for uh, shout outs. Yeah, man. So uh, big shout outs to all of our Patreon supporters. M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and Sean Gorty. 
uh, you know you guys really are the reason you know we keep going you, you guys really do uh keep us going keep us looking forward to the shows every week and everything like we really appreciate all of the support and um big shouts to the entire coalition staff as well um you know even though i missed e3 this year i'm, I'm glad i got to see a lot of you guys um you know on my uh, trip to the overwatch league um and yeah big shouts to the throwdown crew uh love that show um and uh yeah that's that's pretty much it um shouts to everyone here too you know jj rich tony uh let's make 2019 great absolutely i agree so uh thank you all for listening i hope you all have a very merry christmas and a prosperous new year and looking forward to talking to you all again in 2019 <laughs>